What's up, everyone? This is Christian St. Louis, and you're listening to Live at Center Street, the podcast where we bridge the gap between the artist and the audience. Today, I'm really excited to announce the first feature of our new guitarist series. We had three different guitar players come in, and we did quick interviews, and each had a 30-minute set of solo guitar. So, first up, we have classical guitarist Robbie Bell. A native of San Diego, California, Robbie was introduced to music from his grandfather, who knew how to play a couple of chords on guitar. Now with a bachelor's from UC Santa Cruz and a master's from New England Conservatory, Robbie has been carrying the classical torch while carving his own path in the music industry. In our conversation piece, we talk about his early childhood traveling as a military brat to his first classical guitar lesson while attending UC Santa Cruz. We also talk about his professors that helped him define his sound and approach to classical guitar and his current endeavors in the music industry. This is our first classical artist we've ever had on the podcast, and you surely don't want to miss it. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Live at Center Street, a podcast where we bridge the gap between the artist and the audience. Today, we are luckily joined by Robbie Bell. How's it going, everybody? Classical guitarist. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You know, of course, man. And we're really excited to have classical guitar be featured yeah. on the podcast. It's kind of an oddity, man. You don't see it every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like super excited to hear your set. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful instrument, man. Yeah. And I mean, you've, I've heard you play it before, so... I at least know what's coming. Our listeners yeah, yeah, yeah. don't, but the, somewhat of an idea. Yeah. Might be some surprise. It's good, I promise. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Where are you from originally? Okay, so I was born in New Orleans. Only lived there for like six months, and then my dad was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot before I was like five or six years old. We did we did Virginia, Jacksonville for a little bit, and then my dad moved to San Diego, California, and that's where I grew up from like five until college. You know, like eighteen. So do you consider yourself a like? Californian, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go Navy brats too. No, they're all right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So you were you were only stationed in the U.S. Yeah, never did any international oh. traveling or anything. Oh, like that. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my my dad was same thing, mm-hmm. Navy brat, but I just lived in Spain for a bit. Um, that's awesome. But that's I always love hearing like other Navy brat stories. You yeah. Know? No, mine's not like that typical because we did all the moving while I was really young, mm-hmm. and then once I was like, yeah, like five or six, you know. I was in the same spot for the rest of my childhood and everything. So you grew up in Santa Barbara. San Diego. San Diego, sorry. San right Diego. Right by Mexico, man, like 10 minutes from the border. Yep, yep. And how'd you get into music? Uh, well, my grandfather was like an old country bluegrass guy. And that was my first exposure to guitar, banjo, mandolin, and stuff like that. And he got me a guitar when I was maybe like six or seven, showed me like some little blues licks and stuff like that. And I was just sold, man. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, Still that's, do. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, he wasn't like a professional musician or anything. He was a very hobby-related musician, didn't have like great chops or anything like that. But he showed me some open chords, little riffs and stuff like that. And then I kind of just took off from there, you know? Nice. Yeah. And how old were you around this time? Maybe like seven. Seven years old. Something like that, yeah. So how'd you get into playing classical That's the real question, man. So I didn't take a guitar lesson or anything like that until I got to college. And the only thing my school offered, (laughs) yeah. And where'd you go to college? So my undergrad I did at University of California at Santa Cruz, which is like an hour south of San Francisco. And what was your undergraduate? It was a bachelor. It was guitar performance. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I'd never played classical guitar until, honestly, my sophomore year of college. So it was, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I tell people that, they're just like, what, man? So 
they well, they didn't offer jazz lessons. They didn't offer any contemporary stuff. It was strictly classical music, you know. So I didn't have a choice. I wanted to major in music study. I did a lot of songwriting and stuff like that at the time, and I just wanted to, you know, hone my skills. And you have to take instrumental lessons at the University of California schools. And so I got into classical guitar. I ended up being okay at it, you know, for a little while. And then I fell in love with the sound. The tone of the instrument is just like, so beautiful, you know. And the music too. Yeah, the music is it's just it's gorgeous, man. It's it has its roots in Spanish music, Spanish dude. Right. So you understand. It's such a passionate, just like fiery kind of music, you know. Yeah, I love it. It really does make you. I I've been like shutting some stuff on on bass. Yeah. Just to work on my reading. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, you know, my technique mm-hmm. mainly, and it's just I love it. It's like a great way to practice your technique and reading. You know, I know yeah. I just said that, but like I didn't realize until I was like reading through. I was like, wow, like this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Really and then is. playing it with emotion and then mm-hmm. you get into it more and everything. That's the hard part about a lot of classical <clears throat> music, especially on guitar, because guitar, it has a lot of difficulties with fingerings and phrasing and stuff like that. You have to take these kind of weird pauses every now and then in the music and you have to do it in a musical way or else it kind of sounds like you don't know what you're doing, you know? So it, it poses a lot of difficulties, but. Still totally beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the music is just captivating itself. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like you're listening to a story. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? From And from I mean, it's great because, I mean, I spend a lot of time on my own practicing and stuff like that as a classical solo musician, you know. But the music, the way that people write for classical guitar specifically makes you feel like you're listening to an orchestra sometimes, you know. And it's it's incredible. It really is. That's That's awesome. Yeah. So... Undergrad in music, and mm-hmm. you had only been playing classical since sophomore season. I never knew this about you. We're friends, yeah. and I, I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, right? So I had my first classical lesson my sophomore year. Never even touched a nylon string guitar before. And then, you know, started getting really into technique and stuff like that. Because, I mean, everybody thinks classical technique, and it, it kind of is true. But more than anything, it's your tone and your sound. You have to have that really beautiful kind of sound for people to give you attention in the classical world on really any instrument. And so I worked for, like, a year and a half just on my right hand getting that kind of typical classical sound, you know? But it's such a beautiful sound. Like, I, I had no problem just sitting there just doing quarter notes, alternating my index and middle fingers for, like, hours at a time, just working on that tone, you know? Yeah, so let's talk about that for a quick second. Like, yeah, go for it. What was, like, the initial step up when you started classical guitar? How difficult was it, was it so to get to the point of it where was, you were, like, stupidly oh, hard, I'm man. not, like, that bad at yeah. it? So I came in playing, like, a lot of folk music, you know, country, bluegrass, stuff like that. Um, a lot of blues music. I was really into like rock and roll, Jimi Hendrix, Zeppelin and stuff like that. But I didn't have like great technique or anything like that. I was totally self-taught. So I had to revamp everything about the way I play, you know. And you have to play with nails as a classical guitar player. I had never done that before. I had to grow out these crazy Wolverine nails on my right hand. But that's (laughs) that's how you get the sound. It really is. And I remember my teacher would just sit there just, who's this old Turkish dude who's like, Really, really phenomenal guitar player, but not the most patient guy. And I came in and had never played. Which makes the best before. teachers, you know. Right. Yeah. Once you reach a certain age, you know, you yeah. gotta have a t- you have to have one of those yeah. like tough teachers. And he just he ripped me apart, man. But for the best. He did it in a totally productive way. But yeah. it was it was building from square one, right hand, left hand, bringing it together, everything, oh, man. man. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And then but, you just got so into it, like so And then nice. yeah, I just got really into it. That guitar teacher I had, Mesut Ozgin was his name, the Turkish guy. He left Santa Cruz after one year. And then I, got, I started studying with another guy. He's mostly a steel string Celtic player. His name is William Coulter. 
he's fantastic. Beautiful musician, beautiful human, you know, really great mm -hmm. person. And he really kind of supported me in a productive musical way, you know. He told me, because I was at the time, I don't, I've only played classical for like a year, and I still didn't really think that much of myself as a player. Right. And he totally just boosted my confidence, gave me that little ego push. So the complete opposite yeah. from the teacher but you had But it was perfect, before. man, because I yeah. got the technique kind of butt-kicking yeah. that I needed. And then I had this new guy come in and just be like, dude, you sound amazing. Like, stop saying anything negative about yourself. And then I, wor I worked with him for two years, and he was fantastic. He... He really motivated me to practice a lot, you know, and mm. shoot for the stars. Mm. I wouldn't have gotten a master's in classical or pursued a performance career without that guy, you know? That's right. So let's yeah. let's follow up with that. You got your uh, undergrad, yeah, bachelor undergrad, in music. Yeah, bachelor's at Santa Cruz. Right. And, and then, then moved you moved out here to go to New England Conservatory, did my master's there. Which is how you entered our circle. That's how I entered the Boston <laughs> New England musician crew. Yeah. yeah. Well, also just like our group of... Hooligans yeah. in the music group. Exactly. Over here, you know? Good guys, good guys. <laughs> yeah, great people. And girls. <laughs> good good family, yeah, you know. Not bad. Good family. Can't so. complain, man. Yeah, man. So how how was uh the grad program at NEC? NEC was great. I studied with a guy named Elliot Fisk. He's like classical guitar legend, you know, huge name. Um you probably have heard of Segovia, under Segovia. Yes. He's like the godfather of modern classical guitar. He was the dude. And my my teacher at NEC was the last like disciple of Segovia. So I was getting it from like the source, you know. That's and, amazing. Yeah. He was one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life. Spoke five languages. You bring him a piece from anywhere in the world and he's just like gives you all the history you could ever want about what's going on at the time, what the composer was thinking at the time. And it's just like, oh, wow. You learned so much, man. Really into the music, yeah, yeah. you know. So much more than just the notes on the page. And that's what I learned about him is there's so much more to music than just the notes, you know. There's so much feeling rhythmic, dynamic, everything you want to do about it, and then telling the story that the composer was attempting to tell, mm. which is really challenging. Mm. And no two people are going to do it the same. What a great way to describe classical music. Yeah. Everything you just said. Yeah, man. Picture perfect right there. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the reason I love it so much, too, is because, yeah, the music is great, but it's also been around for hundreds of years for the most part. I'll be playing some relatively newer stuff tonight, but it's been around for a long time. And so many classical guys have this opinion that you have to play, you know, Bach in a certain way. You have to articulate things in a certain fashion. But if you do it the same every single time, the music remains totally stagnant. It mm. doesn't grow at all. The only way to keep this music as al alive is to keep interpreting it in different new ways, you know, bring different ideas, different touches that an individual has to the music. So know? is that more like, um, like technique-based or is it like... I mean, like it's technique. I think of it... You know, phrasing, dynamics, bringing out different voices, you know, melody, bass line, inner voices, you know, listening to the music and finding things that draw your attention mm. and then captivating the audience. Now, would you say this thing. is almost like like a, a jazz element in a sense? Maybe not as far as like the the actual jazz harmony yeah, yeah, yeah. or the stepping But as far out, as, you know, you moving know forward, I mean? progressing and... I mean, I don't improvise when I'm on stage playing classical music. You just interpret but, it differently. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not the kind of guy who will who will practice something for weeks upon weeks and play at the same time or the same way every single time. I think that's, I just think it's kind of lazy in, in a way because you're doing the same thing every time. You might not mess up, but you're not taking any risks. There's no magic in the performance that way. It's the same every single night, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I come to the stage and I will play something totally different than I did the, like last night, you know? Oh, just man. for the sake of, I feel like there is magic when you get on the stage. You have ideas yeah. coming to you. And just the tiniest second difference where you place this melody note makes such a massive difference in that, the performance. Yeah, that's you know? so funny to think about because I just like, you know, when I whenever I like, you know, 
have like I'll mess around with my reverb pedal and my mm-hmm. bass and just like try to do some like chordal kind of yeah. solo bass stuff or in between sets or something, mm-hmm. right? And I always like practice it in the sense of just like never having that like openness like to changing things, you know, because I'm just I guess so worried about <laughs> messing up or just wanting to play yeah. it like fully right totally. and nailing it that I don't really open that door in my mind to just being, you know, open to I guess approaching it differently. Yeah. In a sense. And I mean, and I learned this from Elliot at NEC. You know, he's probably the riskiest guitar player, classical guitar player I'll ever meet in my life. He'll go on stage, he'll make buzzes, you know, sloppy notes, whatever. But the feeling is unlike anyone else, you know? He's a total risk taker and he'll do stuff that nobody would even consider doing in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, take those risks. Why not? Life's short. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Go you never it. know when it's going to lead to something awesome. Yeah. Know? And who cares? You know, no buzzes here and there. It's music, man. It's human nature. Humans make mistakes. That's right. Musicians make mistakes. We're only human. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So do you have any other, do you have any shows or things coming up that we can look forward to? Other than your wonderful set of music you're about to perform, you know? The podcast here. Uh, right now, I don't have anything in the making in New England. I'm going back to California to do a couple master classes out there at colleges and stuff early wow. next year. But I'm really focusing on teaching, trying to get more into other styles of music as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what styles would that be? Mostly jazz right now. I'm surrounded by all these amazing <laughs> jazz musicians, and I can't play with them, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> so I'm trying to get my chops up a little bit. It takes yeah. time, though. It's a totally different thing. Bro, it never classical. ends, let me yeah. tell you. It never it's ends. It's a process. Yeah, especially in our friend group. It just yeah. never ends. <laughs> it's all a process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's awesome, man. Yeah. And uh, what are you doing for work in the in the area? I know you gig. Yeah, I'm gigging a lot of weddings, you know, cocktail hour, stuff like that, and teaching, man. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And how's the teaching experience for you? You like teaching kids a lot? I do enjoy it. I mean, pros and cons to everything, obviously. Yeah. I have some kids that just come in and they're dying to learn anything I have to tell them. I have other kids who just honestly don't care. Yeah. And it's it's kind of the teacher's job to motivate them and stuff like that. That's right, yeah. It is very challenging at times, you know. That's but a, it's, it's yeah. so rewarding too, you know, to get that kid that didn't want to play guitar, and then two months later, he's you know playing whatever little Jimi Hendrix lick or something. It's the best you, feeling yeah. you can ever have. It makes you feel. Incredible. I totally understand why teachers like have yeah. that passion. You know, I've never had more respect for a, an occupation in my life, and I just started teaching at a high school. So it's so difficult, man. Serious respect yeah. for that. Yeah, patience. The guys that do that for their entire mm-hmm. lives is it's incredible. Yeah, there's. When you have that connection with kids, you know, yeah. and you can, because every time I remember like why I've like been able to come to this point in my life, it's always like great mentors and great teachers Absolutely. and all that stuff. And like, it just makes me reflect on how lucky I was to have great music teachers that influenced me in the right way. Yeah. And were also open to like pushing me in the right direction and trying new things. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um, so going into that, like thinking as an educator when I teach kids, it's like you were saying, sometimes kids don't want anything to do with you or the yeah. music, blah, blah. And it is your job to be like, no, we can have fun or you you try to help them escape. You, They can use music to, you know, express their emotions, their feelings yeah. or escape with their, you know, mm-hmm. teenage age. Whatever's going on. <laughs> it's a tough time, man. Tough time, man. <laughs> 15. It is, dude. Oh, good Lord. I yeah. miss being that young. You know. It's good times. Yeah. No bills. No, no college, no nothing. <laughs> Take me back, man. Dude. <laughs> Dude. All right, so I got some questions for you. Yeah, go for it. We're going to go down the list. <clears throat> Our guitar series question. So, first one. Let's say you had to pick another instrument to play. What would it be? I think about that a lot, man. 
It would be one of two, probably. My first instinct is piano, just mm. because it is such a versatile instrument. But when you think about it, it's also very similar to guitar. You can do things with the left hand. You can do things with your thumb bass lines on guitar. You can play melodies and chords at the same time. You can mm -hmm. do all that on guitar as well. But the piano, you have 10 fingers to work with. Guitar, at the most, you can play like four notes and make them sound musical. Mm -hmm. So, But it's such a great educational tool too, you know? It's so visual. Harmony's all right in front of you. Yeah. You know? It makes music make sense in a visual manner, which is something guitar takes a long time to develop, you know? So as far as a harmonic, I mean, piano is also a melodic instrument too. But a harmony-based instrument, you know? Mm -hmm. I would say piano for sure. And then some kind of horn, man. Maybe the trumpet. Ah. Yeah. I go back Can you and do some jazz or classical with the trumpet? Yeah, both. Well, I mean, classical trumpet has a beautiful tone. Yes. But I, I don't know. Uh, that's not where it shines, in my opinion, though, compared to, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and stuff like that. Right. It's hard to beat that kind of stuff. But I would choose some kind of melodic instrument, so I don't have to think so much about voicings and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> just melody. Focus more on lines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. So different from the million notes you play with, you know, your two hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard, man. <laughs> so, piano. Yeah. Or trumpet. Depending on how I wake up that day, you know? So here's the next one. Top three guitarists. That's a tough question. Of all time or like right now? Just your, you can choose in general. Okay. Maybe the top three that influence you the most or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say on a classical level, a dude named Julian Bream. He's a British guy. Still alive. He's like pushing 90 or so right now. But he's an incredible musician. Just in my opinion, he's like, the top-notch kind of classical player, you know? Great tone, great sound, great phrasing, great ideas. Played all kinds of music. His repertoire list was massive. Mm. You know, could improvise too. Played with a bunch of Indian musicians. Played jazz as well. Just incredible guy. And a great teacher too. I've watched old videos of him teaching master classes and stuff like that. And his thought process is just, it's beautiful, man. He's a genius. So classical, definitely him. As far as newer kind of stuff goes, I've been getting into Julian Lodge a lot lately. Oh, he's incredible. Such a beautiful player, man. He's also such a nice guy. Yeah. Every when I, video. When every I went to college, he like came that. through and did some clinics and he was like the nicest yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Every interview I've seen him speaking is just like straight from the heart. Very genuine. Very kind words, very genuine, yeah. And his playing, you can see it in his playing too. It's incredibly genuine. Mm -hmm. His, you know, his phrasing, his touch on the instrument is something you don't see that much in jazz music. I don't even know if I would call him a jazz musician per se. I guess he falls under that label, but his style, it it totally it's universal, man. It's right. just music, you know? Right. And his touch on the instrument, like I said, is it's unparalleled. Creating it's his own sound, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's playing like a Telecaster with like a bright sound and a jazz setting. Right. Which, I mean, people have done it, but like not with his kind of Mike sound. Mike Stern. <laughs> yeah. But he's like way more of a fusion dude, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Julian Losh, I, I mean, he doesn't really play straight ahead. He almost has his own vocabulary too, you know? Yeah. His lines don't sound like anybody else. No, they don't. Yeah. Kind of like Alan Holdsworth, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one sounds like Alan Holdsworth. Yeah. He's got his own sound, and it's just so beautiful, man. He does slow stuff incredibly beautiful. He's got crazy chops. Great solo player, too. Does yeah. a lot of acoustic stuff. Plays with, like, Chris Thiele, the mandolin player. Yep. Chris Elridge, Punch Brothers. Sometimes he'll be player. on tour, and it's, like, just him and, like, an upright bass player. Yeah, it's, just, it's absurd, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. It's just, like... Yeah, he's incredible. And then they sound incredible. Yeah. And then as far as the last guy goes... I mean, I got to pay my dues, dude. Hendrix, man. You kind of have to put him up Respect. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he thought about the instrument in a totally different way. Super controversial at the time, but moved the electric guitar into 
a new dimension, you know? Pretty much. Yeah. His technique wasn't phenomenal, wasn't like, couldn't read music, not an academic musician whatsoever, but the feeling was totally there. You know Miles yeah. Davis asked him to play with him? And he said no. And he said no because yeah. he, he, he thought scared. he wasn't good enough? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Could you even imagine what that would have sounded like? Miles Davis been nuts, meets Jimi Hendrix? Yeah. Oh. Been it's just terrible just thinking about it. You right know what I mean? Right? Got Why chills, man? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, here's a good one. If you didn't choose music, what other career path would you have chosen? I think about that every now and then. So... <laughs> But I'm, As does I'm, I'm in, every musician. I'm in too deep now, dude. I can't go back. <laughs> but, I mean, I grew up on the beach, so the ocean was a huge part of my life. I've always been a relatively scientific kind of person. I'm really interested in astrology, you know, biology, stuff like that. But the ocean was always a mystery to me, you know. So marine biology would probably, I don't know exactly what I would do with it, but some but kind something of. Near the something water. near the water. Something marine biology related. Yeah. See, now you can tell you're a Navy brat. Like Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. That's what my <laughs> sister's doing. You know, she. That's right. Yeah, she, she just got a job with Noah. She is traveling the world pretty much. You know, on a boat, just studying currents, all kinds of stuff. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Seeing the world and getting paid, and getting for paid it. to do it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to pay rent because you're on a boat. Because <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> all right, let's see here. Ooh, favorite fast food chain. Um. Well, I guess In and Out, man. That's a California thing. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much the only... I don't really eat too much fast food. Makes it feel like garbage. Yeah. In-N-Out <laughs> in, in does, too. But, but it's delicious. And it's, like, nostalgic, you know? Every time you go back, you get a you get a California burrito and an In-N-Out burger. It's kind of the tradition. Yeah, first time I've ever been to Cali, actually. So just in general, the, first, the only time I've ever been to Cali was on tour for a month with an artist. Mm -hmm. And I easily gained about 10, 15 pounds because of In-N-Out. Yeah, and In-N-Out. And Mexican food, yeah. Mexican so food and In-N-Out and in a month on tour in Cali, I just was huge. Came back at the kettlebells. And that was, so, yeah. <laughs> Took a couple of years, let me put it yeah, that right. way. Uh, cats or dogs? I love both, but I got to go with dogs. Man. Ooh, yeah. I had a I feeling you were a dog guy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Luca, greatest cat. <laughs> when she's not hungry. <laughs> when she's not, yeah, right. Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird, for sure. I go to bed relatively early, wake up, get my day going. There we go. Yeah. Well, let's get this music going. Let's do it, man. Robbie, I just want to say thank you so much for Thanks joining for me for me, this. Man. It's been a pleasure. I'm super excited to like, hear your set of music, have you on the podcast, you know, and show it, show us some classical guitar. Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Hey, everyone. It's Christian. The team and I would like to thank you for listening to Live at Center Street, a podcast where we bridge the gap between the artist and the audience. We'd also like to thank First Baptist Church in Newton, Massachusetts, for the opportunity and space to create this podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, feel free to shoot us an email at LACS Podcast. That's LACS Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and stay tuned.